0: Well, if you open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2, verse 10. Philippians chapter 2, verse 10. As a lot of you know that during the school year I'm a physical education teacher, so... I've been doing that 34 years. And one of the things that we try to do is keep in shape as an example to the kids so that when they get older that they too have a lifestyle of trying to keep their heart and lungs strong and so on and so forth. Well, I thought tonight we would take a look at one of the exercise crazes that is uh, throughout our country now. And you might have heard of a man named Billy Banks and Taibo, well the title of my message tonight is Knee Bow, K-N-E-E, Bow. So we have Knee Bow and we're going to look at a comparison to Taibo and see what we get out of this mess. So in Philippians chapter 2 verse 10 it says, So that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in the heaven and on earth and under the earth. Now, one of the things Paul does in his letters to the Philippians here, this is not universal salvation that he's talking about. Rather, it's Christ's lordship and the ultimate day in time when either with a joyful expression of faith or with resentment and despair, people are going to bow their knee and confess Jesus as Lord. Paul draws this verse in Philippians from Isaiah, chapter 45, verse 23, where it says, I have sworn by myself the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that to me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall take an oath. Now, if you look at the breakdown of the word in Philippians, Isaiah and the breakdown of the word in Philippians, you'll see that the word for Lord is Yahweh in both the Old and the New Testament. So in Philippians, it's referring to Jesus, and it's showing that it's the same word that was used in the Old Testament for Yahweh. So Paul is saying that Jesus is Yahweh. Tai Bo is an aerobic exercise. It's a routine developed by ta- Taekwondo practitioner Billy Banks and was one of the first cardio boxing programs to enjoy commercial success. Such programs use the motion of martial arts together with the rigid pace of boxing to promote phys- uh, fitness. So, what they did is they took the word Tai from Taekwondo and the B.O. from boxing, and they put it together to get type O. One of the things in an exercise program is that you need to have a goal. There's a goal in exercise, and there's a goal in any kind of fitness program. There's a place that you do this. There's a time frame and a consistency with which you go about this exercise regimen. There's also a persistence and a motivation behind the whole thing. Well, as we look at Taibo a little bit, but mainly zero in on Nibau, Nibau, I came up with a little definition of it. And it is a spiritual exercise developed by people over the years as they submit to the Lordship of Jesus. This program uses the methods of praying and reading the Word of God, to know the Word of God on a personal basis. Now we're going to look at goal, place, time frame, and consistency along with motivation and persistence and apply that to the exercise that we're calling tonight, knee bow. And we're going to see that it's very similar to what they do in Taibo with the regiment, but from a spiritual viewpoint. One of the things that Lord put on my heart to share with you tonight was that going back to fundamentals. No matter how long you've been a Christian, or whether it's been a, a little while or a long time, it's always important to check your fundamentals. It's always good to go back to the fundamentals. Because that's the very basis of our success. What's your goal? What is your goal as a Christian? Well, one of, the, one of the goals should be to draw closer to God. And we have His promise that He will draw closer to us. So that's a great goal. It's a great goal to have. In James 4, eight. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double minded. I think of the goal of just spending time with the Lord, drawing closer to him. And how many times that when we do that, our hearts are purified by some of the things that we're going to look at tonight that goes along with spending time with the Lord. And one of the things that takes place is also we're not double minded anymore. We're single minded like Christ. We're Christ minded. Cuz we're on the same page when we're looking at the scriptures. Second thing, the place That you spend time with God. The place. One of the places that Jesus liked to spend time with the Lord was in Gethsemane, in the Mount of Olives. And Gethsemane means an oil press. And there's a lot of olive trees in the Mount of Olives and in the Garden of Gethsemane. And the Garden of Gethsemane is part of the Mount of Olives. But you know, as well as I, as you take an olive, it has to be pressed to get that oil out of it. When you and I spend that time and bow our knee before our Savior, Jesus, through His Holy Spirit, presses us. His Word is pressed where we get something very special out of it, something very rich, that if we don't spend time with Him, we don't find the richness of what's hidden in his word for us. How much we spend with the Lord will be the ratio of how much we get out of his word. In Luke 22:39, it says, "And he came out and proceeded as was his custom to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples also followed him." One of the things when you pick a place to pray is it becomes your place. It becomes a special place to you. And you know, there's no requirement that it has to be inside or outside. But that place that you have where you can go and be quiet before the Lord. One of the places Jesus liked to go was right outside the city. He used to leave the hustle of the city, the, the city life, and He would just go up into the Mount of Olives where he could see the city and the people that he loved. And he could pray for them. His heart was always where the people were. And then, if you think you have to go to a certain place to pray, we only have to look at Jonah chapter 2, verse 1, and see that Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the stomach of the fish, so you can even go inside the belly of a fish and pray. You know, there's no requirement as to where you go to pray. We see that Jesus prayed right up on the cross. Jesus was up on the cross praying. We see Stephen, the first martyr in the New Testament. He was being stoned. Rocks were being thrown at him. As he was dying, he was praying for his persecutors. So we can pray anytime, place. What about the time frame? You know, people try to carve out a time frame for their exercise regimen. You know, whether they get the Taibo tape and stick it in the DVD, and they do it in the morning or at their lunch break, or they do it at nighttime, they carve out a time frame. How are you and I in carving out a time frame to spend with the Lord? And what does He say about time frames? Well, one of the things He said is to pray all the time, without ceasing. And be consistent with that prayer time. So unlike tai Bo, we can pray all the time, everywhere—driving the car, walking between uh, the halls at work, you know, be, uh, in school, between classes, dead time, whatever. There's time we can pray without ceasing. In Mark chapter 14, verse 32, it says a Came to a place named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here until I have prayed. Now, notice one of the things we see here is Jesus set a great example. Now, who is it in your lives that you can set an example for through prayer? Maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a child. Young people, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's an older brother or a younger brother or sister. But I see here that Jesus is telling His disciples, His apostles to sit until He has prayed. Psalm 77 verse 2 says, In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing. My soul refused to be comforted. Well, one of the time frames we see here is it was in the nighttime. There was prayer. Have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and just meditated on your bed, as the Bible says, about God's Word or just praying? That's some of the best time to pray, isn't it? There's nothing around. It's silent. It's so peaceful. I found out over the last couple of years that sometimes that's the best time for me to just spend time with the Lord. And I'll pray on, the, on my bed and then I'll even try to go back to sleep when I can. And I'll get up and I'll go in another room and just start reading His Word. It's just so peaceful and quiet that the Lord, a lot of one-on-one time. So the nighttime is a good time to just spend on your knees. And remember the knees can be a physical position, the knee bow. But it can also just be your heart. It's not important the position that you're in. But the, the position of your heart is the crucial spot. Is your heart bowing before the Lord? You know, a, a, to bow before someone is an act of humility, an act of honor, of respect. Are our hearts bowed before the Lord? In Romans nine it says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Without ceasing, there we see the never stop praying. There's always something or someone to pray for. In 1 Thessalonians 2.13, it says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the Word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the Word of men, But as it is in truth, the Word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. So they kept thanking God. They kept thanking God without ceasing, and they were meditating on what they had heard. In 2 Timothy 1.3, it says, I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing. I remember you in my prayers night and day. So there's that 24 hours without ceasing. What is your and my motivation when we pray? You know, in an exercise program, the motivation is to get in better shape, to look better, to fit into clothes, to maybe eat more because you know you burned off some calories. What's your motivation when you're bending your knee before the Lord? What's your motivation? What's your motivation? Matthew six six, it says, Your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Are you looking for a special reward from the Lord? Romans 5.5 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Maybe at first your motivation is that verse in Matthew, that your Father will reward you. But as you mature in the Lord, what you see happening is that the love of God is being poured out into your heart by His Holy Spirit. And you start seeing a difference in yourself, in the way you look at things, in just your love of God. In Philippians 1.17, part of the verse speaks about just out of love just out of love for Jesus as you spend time in his word you realize boy what he's done for us and can we ever really understand what he did for us at that cross and as he gives us glimpses of that it's just out of love we just want to spend time and get to know him more There, was a, there is a song came out some years ago by uh, Jackie Valenquez that had um, a few verses in it, but i just like to read it to you. It says, Then there are days when I feel I'm letting go and soaring on the wind, because I've learned in laughter or in pain how to survive. I get on my knees. I get on my knees. There I am before the love that changes me, See, I don't know how, but there's power when I'm on my knees. I can be in a crowd or by myself in almost anywhere. When I feel there's a need to talk with God, He is Emmanuel. When I close my eyes, no darkness there. There's only light. I get on my knees. I get on my knees. There I am before the love that changes me. See, I don't know how, but there's power. In the blue skies, in the midnight, when I'm on my knees. I get on my knees, I get on my knees. There I am before the love that changes me. See, I don't know how, but there's power when, I am, when I'm on my knees, when I'm on my knees. Bob Carlyle had a, a song that also referred to being on his knees, that he was strongest when he was on his knees. And when you think about that, the humility of bowing down before the Lord You're at your weakest position. But when we're at our weakest position before the Lord, we're at our strongest position. A couple acronyms that I want to throw at you, and you might have heard of the one, but again, it's just when we pray, some of the things that we can remember as we go about our prayers, the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S. The A for adoration, where we just start off just worshiping the Lord. Just adoring Him for who He is. Whether it be in song or praise, whatever way God wants you to just reach out to Him. You just spending time with Him is adoring Him. The C for contrition. Just confessing anything that the Lord is revealing to you on your heart. You know, just so you can be in that communion with Him. The communion isn't broke because of something that you might have done that day or that week. Just confession before Him because He's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And you're back on that same wavelength with Him and His Holy Spirit. The T for thanksgiving. Just thanking Him for all the things that He's blessed you with. The many things that we take for granted. There's so many things that we can thank Him for. And then the S for supplication. Just humbling yourself before Him. Just asking Him to supply whatever it is. There's nothing too small to bring before our Lord. The other other acronym is the word PRAY. P-R-A-Y. One is persistence. And we'll look at that before I close. Just being persistent in prayer. R is reading. Reading. One of the things uh, within the last year that I try to do myself is when I'm praying to just have God's Word open and, and read it as I'm praying. Especially if there's things that I'm going through and I'm, I'm looking for answers and I'm just praying bef- you know, from my heart and I'm just reading the Scriptures for the Lord just to show me in His Word guidance or an answer that I have on my heart. The A in Pray uh, goes together with the yielding. To all allowing, allows yielding. So persistent reading allows yielding. And yielding to what? Well, to the guidance of His Spirit. To hearing His voice and recognizing His voice. And remember, that's a combination of your prayer but also staying in the scriptures, so you know you're praying according to His Word. Not going off on tangents through maybe emotion, but keeping it right in God's Spirit and in His Word. There's some types of prayer that I like to look at. The first is the earnest and persistent prayer. In James 5.17, it says that Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. But one of the things I want to point out there with Elijah is that he prayed earnestly. It was from a sincere heart. And it was a hard prayer. He went after it, it wasn't just a fly by night prayer. He put everything He had into it. In James 5.18, it says, Then He prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. He didn't give up just because He prayed once. He prayed again. So it's an encouragement for you and I to pray with earnest, but also to be persistent in our prayer. Just because it is an answer the first or the second time doesn't mean you give up on it. In Matthew 26:44 Jesus prayed. It says and he left them again and he went and prayed a third time saying the same thing once more. You know, we see Jesus went for the third time as an example to us and remember part of his prayer was always not my will but yours be done. And we always want to pray that. Just in case we're not praying in accordance to his word and his will. We want to say, "Hey Jesus, not according to my will, but according to yours, let it be done." In Acts 20:36, when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. You know, there is a time for corporate prayer where we all get together as a body and pray. That's important. In Acts 13.3, that when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. There's a time with uh, prayer with fasting where where you skip that meal or that snack and you spend that time instead of feeding your face, you're feeding your spirit during that time with God's Word. And you're putting aside the physical time for a spiritual time Luke 22 32 says but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail and you when once you have turned again strengthen your brothers so that was in Luke 22 32 we see an intercessory prayer we see this here where there was prayer for others and when that person turns back to the Lord that He's going to be there to strengthen others who are weak? Do we intercede on behalf of others? Do we understand that we all have our struggles any given day, any given hour, any given week or month? Do we pray for those people in front of you, behind you, on the side of you? You know how there's that time sometimes in church when there's dead time before the worship time? Do you and you by yourself... Pray for that person to your left or right. Pray for that person in front and back that the Lord is just going to touch them where they are in their needs for that time. You may never know it, but it's a step of faith on your part. In Genesis 25-21, it says, Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren, and the Lord answered him. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Uh, conceived. Husbands, do you pray for your wife? Wives, do you pray for your husband? Kids, do you pray for your mom and dad? Mom and dad, do you pray for your kids? This was a physical barrenness, but you know, there might be a barrenness of the Spirit. There might be a dryness in your mate's heart, in his Spirit. There might be a dryness in your kid's walk with the Lord, or with mom and dad's walk. You can intercede and pray for them and be part of the miracle. Seeing them come back with a fire for the Lord. That's awesome. And you might be saying, well, Vin, I've done that. I've prayed. I've been praying for years. Well, be persistent. Be earnest. Keep going after it. You're trusting the Lord. You're not trusting your mate or you're not trusting your teenager or vice versa. You're trusting the Lord to do the work in His time. And when you say, not my will, but yours be done, Lord, understand it is the Lord's will for that person to be on fire for Him. So it's just time. Just be persistent and earnest. In Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 20, it says the Lord was angry enough with Aaron to destroy him. So I also prayed for Aaron at the same time. And this was Moses. Here's Aaron, sidekick to Moses. And it, Moses is his right-hand man. And the Lord was angry enough to destroy Aaron. Can you imagine? So who is it in your life that you want destroyed? Anybody want to share? But pray for that person. Pray for your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. And see their heart changed. See their heart changed. In Job 42.10, The Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord increased all that Job had twofold. I thought this was a great one. Because here's Job with all his problems and everything that he lost and that he was going through the physical calamities, the uh, loss of his family, all his wealth. But yet, he focused not on himself, but on his friends, and he started praying for others. And it's when he prayed for others that the Lord started healing and working in Job's life. So when you think your problems are too big, read Job. You can read it in a day. Read Job. It will be a blessing to you. And then just remember, one of the things Job did and one of the things Job shows us is to find people to pray for. There's plenty. There's plenty of people to pray for. Pray for those people. And instead of being self-centered, woe is me, become other centered and see the Lord work not only in the other people's lives, but also in your own. In Mark one34 34 34-36, and it says, He healed many who were ill with various diseases and cast out many demons. And He was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who He was. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Simon and his companions search for Him. There's secluded prayer. There's that corporate prayer, but there's also that secluded prayer where you just go by yourself and you're spending time between you and the Lord. And we see that confirmed again in Matthew 6.5 where it says, When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray from your heart. Pray for those things that the Lord is showing you through His Spirit and through His Word. Now, what are some of the results of prayer? What are some of the results of your knee bow workout? What's going to come as a result of bowing your knee before the Lord? Well in Acts four thirty one it says, And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Well, one of the things that might start happening in your life when you're earnestly praying before the Lord and sincerely drawing close to him through his word as you pray, is that you'll be shaken. In order to be wakened, the Lord will grab a hold of you and wake you up. You'll be seri- uh, spiritually sensitive once again to the things of God, and He will put you on a course that you've been missing because of all the distractions in your life. But see, just like that tie bow workout and the motivation that you started that workout program for and all the benefits you want to get out of that physical workout, remember, spiritually speaking, the benefits are much more immeasurable. You know, as uh, in 1 Timothy 4, it says, bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So as you... Uh, bow your knee as you do your knee bow exercises. God is going to spiritually get you fit so you can walk the path that He has prepared for you to do those things that He has prepared for you before the foundation of the world. Another thing that happens is a result of prayer, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. That filling is to overflowing. We want to just be bubbling forth, God. We just want it splashing on everybody. We want everybody to be affected, don't we, by what God is doing in our lives. Remember when the apostles walked by people, just the shadow of them was touching people's lives and healing them. God wants to do the same thing for you, through you, to other people that are hurting. There's so many people hurting whether it be in this room right now in our church congregation or just in the food towns of the world or the shopping malls. People are hurting. And another result of prayer is you speak the Word of God with boldness. You're not ashamed of the Gospel because you know it's the power of God to salvation to all who believe, regardless of if they're Gentiles or Jews, to all people. In Acts 1.24 it says, And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all men, show which one of these two you have chosen. Well, one of the results of prayer is God shows you what He wants you to do. He shows you. He, He cuts through any confusion as you spend time with Him. You hear His voice. As we close, I just want to talk a little bit about worship. In Revelation 19.4, it says, And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who sat on the throne saying, Amen, hallelujah. Now here we see a glimpse into eternity where 24 elders that are sitting around Jesus and they fall down and they worship God. In John 4.24 it says, God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And in Matthew 4.9 it says, And He said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship Me. That last one was the devil. The devil tempted Jesus and one of the things he asked Jesus to do was... He was going to give Him all the kingdoms of the world if He would fall down and worship Him. Well, of course we know Jesus didn't do that. But think of what Satan wanted Jesus to do. To bow His knee before Him and worship Him. Physical exercise gets you ready for something in this physical world. Spiritual exercise now gets you ready for things that God has for us in this world now and is preparing us for an eternity. We don't want to start our spiritual fitness program as immature babes in eternity. We want to mature in Christ here on this earth and move right into eternity in a blink of an eye are you ready or is this something the Lord is showing you through his word tonight that we need to get back to the basics and we need to get into a knee bow program immediately anytime any place 24/ 7 365 let's pray dear Lord I thank you for